What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cabbage Cart Podcast, your weekly source for all things Avatar. That includes Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the graphic novels, and books. Fair warning, this podcast will contain spoilers for all Avatar content. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the cart, we wrap up The Legend of Korra, Turf Wars, Part 3. We are your hosts. I'm Austin. I'm Ian. I'm Ricky, and this is the Cabbage Cart Podcast. And welcome back to the Cabbage Cart Podcast. Not a whole lot going on for news today, but what was that Olympian you saw? Oof. Yeah, for, that was a very hot and heavy start there, dude. <laughs> two weeks in a row, buddy. <laughs> You're like, uh, what's up, everybody? Here we go. And uh, no after news, but we got the boop. So, no, there's a guy from uh, the Netherlands, uh, Kieran Badlow, who's uh, currently a winds. What do they call it? Windskier? Windsailor. Windsurfer? I thought it was windsurfer. windsurfer. <laughs> oh. We just said, you like, said windsailor earlier. I'm so pretty I sure know. I said windsurfer. It's windsurfer. Yeah, and you did say windsurfer. Uh, thank He's you. Windsurfer from the Netherlands who has uh, cut a arrow into his head and dyed it blue, much like somebody we know in the Wait. Avatar verse. Wait, cut an arrow into his head or, or shaved, sh- shaved his head into his, his hair into an arrow and then dyed it blue? No, that, he got legitimate <laughs> airbending tattoos. Yes. He carved his own skull. At home. Mm-hmm. No, yes. Obviously a haircut. Uh, and uh, we just wanted to share real quick what he had to say about that because it's pretty pretty cool. He said, this haircut is a tribute to the one and only true Windmaster, the Avatar, the last airbender known to be alive. I hope the spirit of the great warrior gives me the power to sail well this week and use the wind in my favor. One day I dream of becoming a master of the wind myself, a true airbender. Dude, I did not read that. I always saw the photos. Yeah, that's a, oh, that's awesome. That was dope. That was yeah. fucking dope. I'm like, go Netherlands. <laughs> what if Avatar becomes like a like a religion type thing? That'd be, oh. that'd be crazy. Oh, you know what? And like, definitely, it falls in line with like people that do like jujitsu. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> it's not a cult. It's not a cult. Uh, what about that? There are culty gyms out there. Okay, so now for everybody to know, yes, I train jujitsu. So Ricky and Ian always like giving me a hard time because they think it's like uh, karate and that is cult. <laughs> it's actually more like a wrestling gym or a locker room. Isn't is it like it is. involuntary folding? Like other people, kind well, of thing. That's the nature of, 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 of <laughs> folding. Some, yeah, folding laundry, involuntarily doing laundry. While, oh, the involuntary or, yoga, and then oh like, yeah, doing laundry while people are still in the clothes. yeah 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 because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. folding them up. But it's not a cult, Ricky. Thank you. Of course, everybody in a cult says that. So <laughs> that's what <laughs> somebody in a cult would say. <laughs> what do I really know? You know, maybe it is. Who knows? No, but uh, yeah, I would. It would be cool to see uh, the avatar. What, what you what you said the av- what would become a <laughs> the Avatar universe would be like or the Avatar would be oh uh, for like some reason a, like a reason like religion. religion okay like people like take those philosophies like super heavy yeah they like, like to heart like yeah. these things actually happened <laughs> I mean, that's we, a little extreme we, could, we we it could have happened we might be in a simulation oh dude and and the Avatar universe might be maybe you know, where we're supposed to be well I I mean if if, if Kieran uh... maybe he's the enlightened one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Ricky just kept staring at me. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was like, well, are you waiting for me to say something you here, Ricky? You had like half a, you literally talked half a sentence and then just stopped like mid sentence. And I'm like, because you were staring at me. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Anyway, it's really cool <laughs> to see like Avatar representation in outside of like that's a big thing. He did that for the Olympics. 
You it, know what I'm saying? It's that's it, a big stage, and it's getting it's getting a lot of attention. And it's cool to see Avatar have that sort of attention. You know, I wonder if like in a, in a few years that because uh, people like they wear Batman or they wear Superman. You know, like in the NBA slam dunk contest, Dwight Howard did, had you know pulled the Superman thing. Oh, uh, like help him feel know. empowered. Right, or... right, right, right. So I wonder if if this is like a new generation is is going right. to be using a- Avatar in that same fashion. I mean, you, we're literally seeing it. Right, right, right. He's, yeah, well, yeah it's, you, a, it's the same energy as, right. as I'm Superman. Yeah, I'm, I'm a wind sailor with an arrow on my head, you know? Israel right. Adesanya from the UFC is literally called the last style bender. Like, he, he directly, re- like, oh, really? is influenced by Avatar. Like, that's what they call him. Is he the last style bender Adesanya? That's cool. Yeah, it's it's totally the Superman, Batman, whatever Green Lantern. Uh, does anybody do Green Lantern? Yeah, Green Lantern. Who's like no. he sucks? Throws their fist in the air and they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what that's how he uses his power. He just throws his fist in the air. Yay! Like uh, yeah, Green Lantern powers. <laughs> He's like uh, Captain Planet. Like, why <laughs> <laughs> no. your powers combined? Oh, Captain okay. Planet was awesome. He's our hero. I, I hear. He's going to take pollution down to zero. (laughs) Captain Planet. I think he quoted that show and you didn't know. Yeah. 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 No. Oh, oh, is it a quote? I know who Captain Planet is, but I was like, what, is there a new show out? No, the the theme song is like, Captain Planet, he's our hero, going to take pollution down to zero. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I, I actually didn't know, so... Have you ever seen that spoof of Captain Planet with Don Cheadle? <laughs> Don Cheadle yeah. I just watched that yesterday. It's amazing. We still haven't watched Invincible. Have you watched Invincible? <gasps> I haven't touched Dude, it yet. I finished I'm it, reading, man. I'm reading Light of the Jedi, so I've like that's like taking my time. Okay. That's a good reason to <laughs> reading. I know. There's time for that crap. <laughs> you didn't even read Kiyoshi. You listened to the audiobook. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Come the on, now. Shame. <laughs> no, Kiyoshi was super good. You most most definitely go back and read that. Um do we we talked about this last week? Do we finally get into uh, biggest douche of Avatar? I mean, who, okay, so clearly you want to talk about. I've figured it who out. Is I think I've nailed douche. it. Now I'm glad we didn't talk about it last week because it gave me some time to think about it and consider options. And I think, by far, the biggest douche in Avatar is Paku. Okay, expound on that, please. Because you know the White Lotus is like really cool. And, like, they all have this ancient philosophy, basically. And Paku's like, no girls allowed. And the only reason he accepts Katara is because he's trying to get at her grand-grand. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely a simp. Like, not wrong, dude. He's like, the necklace. Okay, you can trade with me now. Because <laughs> I'm like, tell your grandma I said hi. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's biggest douche. It's got to go to Paku. I, you know what? I agree with that. I he, gotta agree with that. He's definitely up there. At least top three, for sure. Yeah. Anyone else have an add-on? And his haircut sucks. And his haircut sucks. And you know what? It's like, let it go, dude. Let dude, it go. I don't know. Okay, so we everyone hates on Paku because of the No Girls Allowed Club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not... I don't know if that's Paku's, like, his personal philosophy. Like, that's the Northern Water Tribe's philosophy. Not just Paku. Right. So he's he's just following customs. But he is kind of a dick about it. He is a dick about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, at the same time, though, he's also a white lotus. So, 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 you know, we all have rules and stuff that we have to follow in society. Sure. Some people are dicks about following those rules. Yes. Those people are douchebags. <laughs> the biggest douchebag of Avatar goes to Baku. <laughs> I agree with that. I actually agree with that. I think that is the biggest douche. Another one I had was uh, 
we're not. What are we doing? Second place? Are, biggest are, are we just gonna have your top five dishes in Avatar? <laughs> Actually, I do want to hear that because you probably do have five. Who's number two? I don't have five. But the 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 governor when in the episode where Kiyoshi appears, and he's like, oh, you're trying to talk about that last Avatar week, day. Yeah. Oh, and he, yeah. yeah. You do his voice really well. Uh, unfried dough. <laughs> like <laughs> to celebrate the day the Avatar was not boiled in oil. Yeah, that guy's a douche. That too. guy's a douche. Because it's just us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's you're always saying. Justice. Yeah. Because it's just, just us. That's the quote you're always saying. Biggest douche number two. Okay. So we have the, the president and vice president of doucheville figured out. Anyone got a... I think President Ryko is a fucking douche. I can't stand this character, like, at all. As soon as you said the word president... I was like, boop, there he yeah, is, like Ryko. Ryko? I, yeah, I can't stand his character at all. He he is the uh, embodiment of every negative as- aspect of any American politician, or any politician, period. Period, yeah. Like, everything that everyone hates about politician, that's, that's, that's who he is. And I think he's definitely, it's on purpose. It's on purpose, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I would agree with that, too. Top three, then. So he's in the top three. I I think President Ryko. He's number one. I for me, he's my number one. I can Paku's fine. Number two, I, uh, that's okay. And then in Paku's defense, like you said, uh, maybe it's just a custom thing that he's. You know, but he kind of he sees the light. Like he lets he lets Katara, you know, train in. in I mean, Sokka was exactly the same way, actually. Right. And we fucking really, love Sokka. I really don't understand though, like how. He can have that what like literally the point of of the white lotus is like this knowledge and art belongs to all people, not four nations. It's supposed to transcend four nations. And Paku like just doesn't have that. Doesn't it he, he reflects none of that philosophy in the show. I, I do you agree know what I'm like saying. If, yeah. if he was one of uh, uh, one of the main members of the White Lotus, it would make sense that he would want to include all kinds of, of vendors right. and stuff like that. Because they're all four inclusions. So yeah, I agree with you that it doesn't kind of make sense. It never has to me. It's right, especially one that's helping the Avatar. Like you're a White Lotus, and this she's helping the Avatar. You're not right, right? What? Right? No, yeah, that's a good point. Definitely biggest douche. Yes, (laughs) thank you. Yes, thank you. Definitely biggest douche. (laughs) Yes. Um, But on the note of President Raiko, that brings us to uh, Turf Wars Part Three. Topic of discussion today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get into why. Uh, Raiko is even more of a douche and why Ian may think he's number one. But uh, just to recap where we were at last week. So what happened uh, in part two is uh, just the very ending of it is uh, Takuga and his uh, group of, of uh, outlaws, triads, what are the, what's their name? The Triple Threat Triads. The triads. Triple Threats have taken over a bunch of uh, Kuvira's old um, mechanical equipment, right? Like they're old robots and tanks and, right. and, and, and an airship and is actually heading towards a public city and he says, it's time to lay claim to our turf. And then we open up part three at the Creeping Crystal Triad's secret hideout. And who's waiting for him outside? Takuga. Ricky, that was oh, an opportunity yeah. for you to pick it up right yeah, there. Yeah, but boy. then I forgot. I was like, is it Korra? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Takuga, and he's got his uh, mechs and tanks and all this and that, and he's actually blowing up the, tr- the uh, Creeping Crystal's hideout. With, with uh, what's your name in there? Jargala? Jargala. Yeah, Jargala and the whole crew's hanging out in there. One thing we noted as we were getting into the show, actually, is that on the uh, third panel of the first page, there's a character in here. He doesn't have a name. He's kind of a nobody just in the – He's the uh, bartender at the The bartender at the triad's hideout hideout, looks exactly like Michael uh, Dante DiMortino. It's definitely done on purpose. Yeah, like they drew him in here for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's funny. I didn't notice that when I first read it, and then you pointed that out to me this morning. I think it's really cool. It's it's like a funny little gag. Well, and here's here's the funny thing about it, though. And I just realized this. Look at the line he says. He says, it ain't me. <laughs> that might be intentional, too. They're yeah. like, is that Michael Dante? And then his line says, it ain't me. I think this is, is all some, like some like uh, like forty yeah. chess or whatever Bre- breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, like kind of thing. Like you're having this internal monologue, and then the line he says back to you is like, "It ain't me." Hmm. Yeah, I think this is a super meta joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. The first <laughs> first uh, first page, they're they're just sitting there chilling, and then was it, what's her name? Jargala. Jargala. She's she's playing billiards. She's shooting pool. Hanging out while everyone else is cleaning up the the place that I, I'm assuming that Cora just just messed up. I gotta say, it doesn't look like a bad hideout, dude. It looks, it looks great, pretty nice, right? I want to go visit there. The thing is, it's like it's like a hideout. It just looks like a regular, like it's <laughs> some bar. Yeah, it's like, it, like how do you have trouble finding it? It's not hiding, a hideout. Hiding in plain sight. Hiding it. Yeah, they're just up the street. Anyway, I don't know why. Uh, so the triple threats are out out the outside. Of this hideout, right, and uh, and they blow it up, and and basically that's really all that happens is they literally blow it up, and and Targala and her, or I mean, uh, Jargala, Jargala, Targala, <laughs> Jargala and her crew run off, and Takuga and them just let them let them get away. So I'm, uh, he, Takuga is just taking out the the rival gangs at this point, right? Just intimidating, just them, intimidating. On yeah, them. he's coming in on their turf. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. he did say that it's time to lay claim to our turf, and he started with the uh, with the triple threats, or I mean, with or the, the creeping crystals. Yeah, and then next, next uh, at the end, we didn't really touch on it in part two, but the Airbenders are going to lead a pre- peaceful protest at the Spirit Portal, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the next scene we see. We see Iro, General Iro, and a herd of of Sky Bison come in. Pretty badass, actually, seeing all those bison. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you know, I w- I was thinking that too when I read it. I w- I was like. Huh. I, I feel like we haven't really seen that. Have we? No. Not really. So, a real quick question. When you guys uh, read this kind of stuff, do you read the, uh, like when Tenzin talks, do you hear J.K. Simmons? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like when, when you see the, the Air Bison or Sky Bison, do you, do you hear Appa? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. That's why I kind of like reading books like uh, Kiyoshi, where uh, I had to create these voices in my head because I had never heard them before. <laughs> I'm screwed because if I go read Kiyoshi, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to read it like Kiyoshi, like the like the, the woman that reads. Yeah, it. the woman that reads. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah the audiobook's totally not the way to go. But no, yeah. To answer your question, I totally I totally uh, read it in their voices for sure. Yeah, the the panel here on the like second or third page it says "rar" with all the all the sky bison. Do it like D. Bradley Baker. Yeah, not not happening. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> You know, now that you mention this, actually, what's interesting is that I did not read General Iroh II's voice in Dante Bosco's Neither voice. did I. It's like my my you mind the, like what? removed th- that yeah. from it. It's like, That's I funny. don't like it. That's funny. You guys didn't read yeah. it like yeah. that either? We're all yeah. operating on the same wavelength. That's funny. So the reason why General Iroh II's in this, though, is because the, the Air Nomads have come to have a peaceful pro- protest at the Spirit Portal, and uh, General... General or President yeah. Raiko has sent the armed forces to evacuate them or to to remove them. Right, I think it's to prevent people from accessing the the portal. Oh, right, they were there already. The armed forces were there already right. to to protect it. Right, and then that's when the air nomads landed and protested. Right. Okay. Right. 
But either way, they're talking to each other. Tenzin and General Iroh. Yeah, and 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 I mean Iroh. Milo's all hot. <laughs> yeah, Milo's <laughs> ready to throw down. Hot. Milo's all hot. Well, yeah, because Milo wants to fight. Yeah, and he comes in. He's like, "Yeah, get out of here, you coward, or whatever." And, and Tenzin says, "You know, remember we talked about this. Yeah. This is a peaceful protest." I freaking like, love oh, Milo, man. Dude. I know Ricky's a Milo hater. I love That's Milo. Funny. There's a, a a question on Reddit like, "Who's your who do you hate in the Avatar universe that other people love?" And like down the line, it was like Milo. I was like, "Is that Ricky?" <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Milo haters out there. What up? <laughs> Love Milo. Whatever. All two of you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Me and some guy on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, I find it interesting that, that General Iroh, is, he's just following orders. Like he's just, you know, good soldiers follow orders kind right. of thing. Well, kind and, of. And he really doesn't want to be there. And he's he's like, please, Tenzin, just go away. Like you're making this hard on everybody right now. Good soldiers follow orders. I just finished Batman. I'm caught up. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Uh, he, uh, yes, he does follow orders in this case, but we see at the end of the book he does have a little redeeming. Um, he goes against the orders in some way. So, well, we'll see at the end. We'll see. We'll see. I want to talk about this next scene with between Asami and Wangong Kyum. They're, they're blocked up together. Asami looks awful in all of these panels. Yeah, she, look at this. She does not have a nose. Yeah, and look from look at her nose here, and look at her. They're different. So you have three different noses. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, we're not we're not doing my my bit today. So. Ian hates everything. No, Be on the lookout. No, for I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, she can. Whoever drew this it can draw better than me. So yeah, yeah. It, I, it is what it is. It, yeah, I get well, it. There, there's like, but there's, she looks weird. Yeah, there's some panels in here where she does look weird, and it feels a little inconsistent. Okay, yeah. well, and so the panel we're talking about is picking up again from. I guess we we haven't really gone through all the conflicts just yet, but uh, Asami has been kidnapped by Takuga. Right. Asami and uh, and uh, Wang Young Kyum, uh, the businessman. So they've been kidnapped by Takuga, and now they're actually on an airship that they stole from uh, the old armory. How so. big is this airship? Like this looks like a warehouse that they're locked up in. It actually, it really it's probably does. like the boiler room or something. something. That's what I imagine. So I mean, the airship's the engine big. room or whatever. Right. That's but, what it looks like. But too. yeah, Asami and Kume are are uh, tied up in this place, and they're they're trying to have a. Or Kume is trying to have a conversation with Asami, and she's telling him to shut the f up because. Yeah. She can't handle it's basically handle the him. conversation is is you're a bad person. I'm not that bad, and then that's that's the conversation they have. You're alone. You're not alone. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> but uh, but the point of the scene is is Takuga comes to Asami and and he wants her to design this gas machine for him, this poison gas machine. That, well, and it was her father's plans that right. that Takuga had stole. So it's Sato. She right. <laughs> she knows how to build it because Sato industry stuff. Takuga stole it from Kume, who got it from uh, Asami's father. What's his Hiroshi name? Hiroshi Sato. Hiroshi Sato. That's there it. we go. So and and we learn that that's the reason why Kume and Sato no longer have business because he had no interest in helping Sato build illegal weapons for the equalist. For the equalist, yeah. Mm. Like I was trying to be this all like I listen. I'm a douche, but I at least I have like my line I won't cross. I mean, 
I mean, he's like, I'll exploit the spirit world and take all the, you know, take one of the greatest things to ever happen to humanity. I'm going to take that and make it a business out of it, but I, I won't make a, a, a an illegal weapon. Um. Yeah. Actually, I'll no, hire I can, a triad. I can see the difference between doing those two things. Yeah. Actually. No, because he's like, I'll hire a triad to go kill people, yeah. but I'm not going to make a weapon. His, it's like, come yeah. on, dude. His like, morality it seems to like come and go. Yeah. For sure. It made me question whether or not he was even telling the truth in that scene. I was like, did he, or did he take it because he had intentions of making it his own? You know. Who right. Knows? But why, why not destroy it, or why not even give that over to? At that point, give that over to President Raiko. Yeah, exactly. Before just holding on to it, I mean, because because that happened, that that had to have happened before uh, the big final battle with the Equalists. Yeah. Before a, a, a Mon was was found out, so why not take that shit to Raiko? I see. Now that we talk about it, I don't believe that he's telling the truth here. Oof. I think we may see more on that. Could have. Well, whatever. Yeah, I don't whatever. know. I don't want to see more of one young Q. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, you want to see more? I of him? don't. No, I mean neither. Uh, Mike, you're, it, no. it, that's true. He's designed as as the all the negative traits of of a business owner. Yeah, and that's really what it is. Everything we hate about about business owners. He looks like just imagine whatever you picture when you say when I say Mr. Moneybags. That's what he looks like. <laughs> He's you like know? Scrooge McDuck, yeah, kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, he literally looks like Scrooge McDuck. He actually kind of does. He kind of does. <laughs> I think I've seen him in Ducktales. Woohoo! Nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, moving forward, we've got this uh, this scene with President uh, Michael, and he's got this Weasley advisor. I hate this who guy so I much. literally, I literally, I feel like it's Varric. It's a Varric character. You know what I'm saying? You think they're trying to make him Varric-ish? Like, yeah. He's yeah. even wearing like the same kind of flashy yeah. uh, jacket yeah. that Varric wears. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Who's the, in, in Iron Man, who's uh, the... Oh, from the second one? From like, Hammer? Hammer. Hammer Industries Hammer. or something like that? That That's who it is. Yep. 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 Varric is Iron Man and this guy is the knockoff Iron Man. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. And what's going on in that panel though? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, so they're talking about the numbers for the for the election and like Julie just announced whatever that she's running against them and she's doing real well and this Weasel guy is whispering in in President Raiko's ear and he's I don't know but no bad press all good press is good type of stuff you know ba- doing playing that game basically yeah it was officially announced that she's running it was like he's reading the paper so President Raiko's reading the paper Julie officially announces her candidacy for president and he is second guessing everything that he's doing because you know she's actually a hero and he's a coward and his his advisor is like you mean julie's a nobody a former assistant with no government experience and brico is is saying what are you talking about like no she's actually a hero you know people love her and this this weasel guy is basically spinning it to where julie looks looks bad you know well it's super hypocritical because he literally says it's all an act she's been taking she's been taking advantage of their misery for her own gain which is literally what Raiko did in book right, 2 right. with uh, Raiko residencies right which he had no part of and wasn't even in support of until it said oh this will help your votes super hypocritical right another freaking weasel dude and then it, so he keeps on spinning it and every every single thing that Raiko's saying it positively about about Julie, his little weasel advisor, spins it in a negative light. And then finally, Raiko's like, yeah, you're right. Julie does suck. Silly, dude. Silly. Yeah, going from saying she's a hero to just flipping right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make good points. So 
the thing, something that happens a lot in this book that I've noticed is that there's like a lot of back and forth between scenes. So we were just at the spirit portal with the waterbenders and, or excuse me, with the air nomads and the and the what are they called? United Forces. United Forces. Then we have that scene with Ryko, and now we're back at the spirit at the spirit portal. Basically, what I mean, Ricky, like, Ryko comes down there, right? He's saying, okay, like well, here's my chance. <laughs> or is he not, not come down? You at just this skipped one? over like this conversation between Korra and Mako. It's not really an important conversation. It's a Korasami thing. It's 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 uh what, okay, so Mako what? coming around to Korra and he apologizes if he's been acting weird because I get it. His two exes are dating each other now, so he's like <laughs> awkward Mako being awkward because that's Mako's character trait. Well, you also find out that he can't fire Ben out of his broken arm. At this oh, point. yeah, that's true. Well, we've yeah. seen that in the last two books that he he, he not once had. He fired – so in the but second – It's always with right, the sling Right, and, and, and when he kicks and all that. Yeah. But he does take the sling off in in the second book when um, the warehouse blows up and he, like, stops the, mm-hmm. the explosion. But he wasn't able to bend with that arm? I, I, yeah. I, I guess not, yeah. But, yeah. you. But he also – Let's everybody know his the plan of, of to go find the creeping crystals and, and have them help them. Oh, you're right. So, yeah, yeah, that is super important detail. <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you tell us about that? About what he says? Yes. So basically he's got a plan to uh, – he can't explain it to Korra. Actually, it doesn't happen in this scene. He can't explain it to Korra right there, but he knows of a way to uh, – he has an idea on how they're going to get to the triple threats, and that's going to be going through the creeping crystals. Right. It doesn't, you know, he doesn't say it right here because he's like, hey, I don't want Lynn to catch on to us, but here's basically the plan. They're on top of a, like a building somewhere. I, aren't they, like, they're watching the... They're, like, the, staking something They're out. staking out the like, triple threats. Yeah, the triple threats had just attacked... They're, so they're at the scene where the triple threats attacked uh, oh, Jargala's... That's, that's right, okay. ...hideout. Yeah, yeah. And so they're watching from a rooftop this all go down, and they're like, no, now's not the time because... Takuga threatens to uh, kill innocent civilians around in the area if we move in on his mechs. I don't. Okay, so Cora seems so unsure of herself in this in this book, and it it I don't know why, but it kind of bothers me a little bit. What makes you say that? Well, having like she just she took out Amon, she took out uh, Unalak, she took out Zahir, all these people, right? Took out Kuvira, and then Takuga comes in and says. Your actions have consequences. No, duh, dumbass. Like, yeah, yeah, I've I already get that. figured this out. I've, I've done this four times over, and we've right. had we've had this conversation yep. about on the first book. Like, the, these are these are triads. Why are we why are we dealing with triads? Yeah, they're little when, nobodies. When when we took out the the Red Lotus, when we took out Kavira's army, like now you're thinking about your constant consequences of your decisions right now because yeah. a, a a thug decided to say that you have consequence. You know, come on. I guess the only, like, to play devil's advocate on that, the only thing I could think to say is that, you know, Asami's been captured. You know, like, she's, she's got, she's second-guessing because she doesn't want anything to happen to Asami. This isn't the first time someone that was close to Korra has been in vital danger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You're right. It, so, I mean, when people say that that uh, fans of Korra don't like Korra because of X, Y, and Z, like I feel like this kind of mentality is what the Cora, the quote unquote Cora haters latch onto. She's mm. on. Why is she so uncertain? She took out right. four of the of the biggest villains in the Avatar universe, and all of a sudden Takuga is walking all over her because he has Asami. 
Yeah, and an army full of uh, mechanical stuff that they've already defeated that you, once you before. You already defeated, yeah. Like, yeah. what's going on? Again, we've talked about this. So now we're on part three, and I think we can all agree that probably our biggest gripe about, about Turf Wars has been the threat is really underwhelming. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Right, yeah, that's right, perfect. Right. So let's continue on. Okay. Turf Wars. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I will say, no. though, book three... A lot of action in here, There's, though. Yeah, there is. So it really brings a lot of this stuff Book together. Book three was – part three was the best, definitely. Part three. Excuse yeah. me. So now we have uh, – it goes back to the spirit portal where Ryko comes in and you've got the peaceful airbending protesters. And then they bring in waterbenders to come and, and soak them. That's mirroring like turning a fire hose on protesters, right? Like, the the whole claim is – so this land is owned by Wang Yang Kyum. And President Raiko is saying, you have no claim to the spirit portal. You need to vacate the area kind of thing. Saying that to the air nomads. Saying that to the air nomads. And then Tenzin gets into his tornado freaking air thing that he creates that only avatars and apparently uh, Kelsang. Kelsang can do. Masters. Master, yeah. So he gets up, I'm only assuming as a form of intimidation. That is true. That right? is true. So, because he does look pretty badass, he does look pretty badass, and he says, "No, we are not. We're not leaving. Do what you have to do. We're the not." Situation leaving. is escalating. Yeah, correct. that's when Raiko says, "Bring in the water benders and start squirting them all in the face, super soaker style, super soaker style, <laughs> fire hose style, <laughs> super soaked that hose." No, but you're right, Ricky. It's ex- what? <laughs> well, I mean, you can't catch up the water. <laughs> super soaked. <laughs> all right, remixing that old song, huh? That's funny. Uh, no, yeah, but Ricky, you're right. I think that's exactly what they're trying to convey is that it's a uh, – when there's peaceful protests that people won't leave and they want to use non-lethal force on them, they yeah. shoot the fire hose at them. So then Julie comes in with the refugees, with, tears down the wall with around – With earthbenders. Earth, oh. True, yeah. Yeah. Comes yeah. in with earthbenders to tear down the big stone wall. I love Varric in this scene that he's, he's – making a docu-mover for Julie's campaign, and he's like, did you get that? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. please tell me you got that. Like, it's it's They're recording it's them going to the spirit portal to make to show her, like, doing what the right thing, and then Raiko doing the wrong thing is the idea, right? Right. They're like, we yeah, let's document what's going on so people know who, who the real deal is. Do we not find that at all hypocritical? It's propaganda. It's definitely it, propaganda. Yeah, it's fighting yeah. fire with fire. I mean, it's politics. Yeah. Right. Hate what are you going to do? Fucking hate politics. I know. Anyway. Yeah, that's like we said last week. We like really try to keep politics out of the show or like things like that are not fun. And this entire book pretty much is politics. It, so, yeah, there's a, uh, a panel where Reiko's like, what is she doing here? And then and then Lesser Varick says she brought her own camera crew. Cunning move. Like, yeah, you lesser Varric because Varric <laughs> is on her team. Yeah. Great, great value, Varric. <laughs> great value, Varric. So next up, we we go back to the – we see the hideout where Korra, Mako, and Bolin arrive, uh, the hideout of the Creeping Crystals, and they go and propose that they link up with the Creeping Crystals. Right? Jargala and Jargala. crew. Jargala in particular. Now, got a shout-out to Austin because you predicted it last episode that, yes, they were going to team up. Yes. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. As soon as I saw this, I was about to text yeah. you and be like, ah, yeah, ha, ha, ha. I fucking knew it. <laughs> so are these these creeping crystals, are they the same ones that uh, King Boomy? Yes, Genomite. Genomite? Yeah, he says it in the show it's as rock well. candy. Yeah. So is she's fighting with candy. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but uh, okay. yeah. Pretty effective, too. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> Candy bender. 
Candy man. You're Candy Willy Wonka, man. okay? <laughs> Great value, Willy Wonka. Great value, Willy Wonka. <laughs> So what I like about this, so so we have uh, we have Mako Bolin and Korra. As Mako said to Korra up on the roof, she's gonna they're gonna f- go find the creeping crystals. Now they're at their hideout here, right? And uh, Jargal is just sitting there, all kind of cool, like in a in an open room, playing with a glowing crystal. And she explains to us the how the creeping crystals got their name. And I actually didn't know. I mean, I don't know if they talk about this in Avatar about how when it comes in contact with organic material, it grows. It gives it like a more specific. It gives it like a better definition here, but it's done in King of Omashu. Yeah, that's okay. So with, we with see King this Boomy. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. So we see it before, but basically what she does is she touches the crystal onto a plant and it starts to engulf the plant, basically, yeah. like and, and solidifies all around. And that's why they call their triad the creeping crystals, because as they spread throughout the land, they're going to just control and take over everything. Much the like the crystal does. Their turf. <laughs> the turf in which there is a war. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, so they wink up and they go to rescue Asami. And you see this scene where you can see Jargala earthbending and she's shooting the crystals right here at the bottom. Where are they coming from? I had that same question. I wanted the same thing. <laughs> I like I think it's cool, but I'm like where are they where are they coming from? Maybe can she just pull specific rock out of the ground? Well, she she is holding as they're going in and infiltrating this place. Uh, she's holding one of the genomite. So rocks. can she like bend it and make it grow herself? Maybe that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. So this seems kind of funny too, though. Uh, leading up to her using the the crystal to to attack these people. So they're they're approaching Takuga's uh, airship, right? The one that he he hijacked basically or took over. And Asami uh, had finished building that gas chamber from the blueprints that we saw earlier in the book. But uh, it's like super cheesy dialogue between Takuga and Jargala and the way they're talking to each other. Right. Like, what, what do they say? Jargala's like something about like, oh, sorry, I would love to stay and fight, but my ride's here. And he's like talking about the airship. <laughs> and, then, and then Jargala attacks him and she goes, guess you missed your flight. <laughs> and I'm like, what? This is so cheesy. <laughs> I mean, but it's par for the course because they do this a lot in in, in, uh, Korra specifically. It's time you learned. (laughs) Stay off of my turf. (laughs) Gonna learn today. I do like when she she launches a crystal at him and he catches it and then it like grows on him. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I like how it engulfs him until there's no escape and then all of a sudden he escapes. (laughs) Have you guys noticed that in in this book, uh, Korra... Only bends air. Oh, that's a good point. I was waiting for her to, to like bend water or anything because that's her, her natural or her uh, natural uh, element. Natural yeah, element. I guess. But she only bends air. I did not notice that. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good. She, uh, she rides the air scooter like it's a freaking skateboard. That's that's cool dope. Too. I, yeah. yeah. I, I do like that. that. And, uh, and so basically what ends up happening from this conflict, right? So you have Korra and them. They, they uh, are approaching Takuga. They try to get Asami back. They end up getting away. Ooh, shocker. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Otherwise, it would just end right there. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> and that's the end. Yeah, and no. that's it. So they, 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 they get away, and they start chasing him, and they know where Takuga is going. He's going back to where it all started for him. Right. And where it all started for him was a spirit portal. And then we're up in the airship with Asami and, and Wang Yang Kyung, and uh, – Asami tells him, "Hey, gr- grab those gas masks when I give you the, when I give you the cue." So, she's up to something with this with this gas device that we don't know yet. Yeah, but, we don't know what it does. But Asami's got a plan. How does she not uh, sabotage it? 
Like, because Varric, Varric sabotaged Kuvira. No, she does sabotage it. Julie, I thought Julie sabotaged Kuvira. Julie, you are right. Julie's, Julie's the one that that, that sabotaged the saboteur. But she like went through, installed these gas tanks, and and like, why didn't you just make make a malfunction? She does. She says that she breaks them. No, she says I didn't know we'd be on board with them. She had a. Oh, she, oh I, mean, that's I, why I she, misunderstood that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We, okay. we'll get into that, but like. It's yeah. She definitely said she's like I didn't know we'd be on board with them. Like, we need to we need to come oh, up with a plan. That's kind of savage. It dude. is savage. <laughs> like it is. She was like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna kill all of these guys. I'm yeah. gonna kill the whole entire gang." <laughs> that's damn Asami. <laughs> well, and what we're seeing here though is uh, the climax of the conflict with Takuga. Uh, Takuga's like like uh, strife for power over Republic City and the Spirit Portal. And this is where it all comes to a climax because he's actually circling the Spirit Portal, which not only has the, the army there and the air nomads and a bunch of civilians and the president and the president's rival. It's pretty much got everybody important there. Right. And he's about to go gas this place out and take and basically take control of the city at this point. So this is like the climax of his, of his journey so far. But like you said, Asami's on the boat or on the ship with him and has other plans. And then he makes his big evil guy announcement. I'm gonna take control <laughs> of Republic City. You know what? This wow, you just ruined it for me. Cause like I'm gonna be like, this guy's so corny. Like this is the corniest <laughs> guy. Like Amon could give a cool and menacing speech. I'm like, this guy. Who's this guy? You he's know, a, he's a triad. He's yeah, and that, that, that's underwhelming. Yeah. If I was there in Republic City, I'd be like, really? You, would you have your arms crossed like President Raiko and Lesser Varric? Yes. Like. Like hmm. how they're inconvenienced at this point. Yeah, not impressed. I think we're. I found, I don't want to shit all over this book. I really don't because it's it's the best out of all three, for sure. But there's just there's some missed opportunities. I feel I really do. Yeah, well, and it's easy for us to say on the outside after reading right, it, right. but you know, I totally agree. Uh, maybe maybe they could have put a little bit more into the story. But this is where going back to the from the beginning of the episode, this is where Ryko really solidifies his place. Probably, I would assume, in your mind, as right. the number one douche. Right. And that Astakuga is circling this place, about to drop gas on all these people. Uh, he orders Ryko to call back the the army and and vacate the for, the portal. Raiko agrees, but then says, call in an air force, take that thing out over the ocean, and then take it down with the Sami and uh, Kume on board. Right. He tells us to General Iroh II. And Iroh's like, what are you talking about? The Sami's on there. Exactly. And he goes, and then this is where you say good soldiers just follow orders. I, like, he does, but he also gives a heads up to Korra and is like, hey, hey you got five minutes to get a Sami out of there because we got planes coming to take this thing down. It's going down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with that decision what? to to take down the airship. There's well, yeah, you know, no, you have like, to at this point. By the way, this guy's doing he's doing uh, like the 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 Joker with the gas in the in the balloons in the parade balloons. This is what's going on, isn't it? <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. This is what's going on. He's like a hybrid of Two Face and the Joker. He's up there doing the bat dance. <laughs> <laughs> People are freaking out though, dude. They're like, I don't want to. What are you? Well, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. sitting here like I'm. I'm. I'm I go- was displaced <laughs> by my and my home, and now I'm gonna get gas. What the shit? I'm getting out of you were public freak- city. You were freaking out because it was raining outside this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I would go find the nearest airbender and just hug them tight. That's what I would do. You know? Hey. Wait. At, okay. So at this point, if you're a resident of Republic City. 
Do you, did you ever watch Smallville? Like the TV show Smallville? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no. Would no. you ever live in Smallville? No. Ever? Like, <laughs> no. You're like, after the third alien dropped down, you're like, okay, I'm bouncing out of this place. You know, you're just four, in- four different times a, a maniac comes in and tries to take out Republic City. And all the fifth one, now we're getting gassed? All right, guys, pack up your shit. I'm getting out of I'm here. I'm going to Kyoshi Island. I'm going to Kyoshi Island. I'm a... Uh, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm going to a mashu. I'm going somewhere, anywhere yeah. but here, man. Yeah, I'm going to Lake Lao Guy. Like, yeah, right. Anywhere, might as well. <laughs> just forget about all this. <laughs> Let's just restart. <laughs> yeah, let's just go hit the restart button. <laughs> okay, that's uh, totally true, though. Like, is, what are you people doing here? Like, oh, man. get out of here again. Oh man, <laughs> insurance is gonna be a bitch this time around. <laughs> And there's like the vines, spirit vines growing yeah. all over the city. It's not even a nice place to live at this point. You're like just a guy getting by, like his mortgage, like blah blah blah, and like, oh god, why my investment? Sorry, my house. Now we know how the cabbage merchant must feel. Yeah, that's, right? yeah, really? that's exactly that's what him. it is. And here's the thing: he even tried to get away, right? And it still found him. So that really, what we're learning is in the Avatar verse, there's no hope for anybody. Yeah, <laughs> you're always gonna get <laughs> fucked up. There you go. Does Avatar take place in hell? Is that what it is? <laughs> purgatory. For it's sure. Purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the uh, rings in Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Okay. The uh, Avatar verse is reserved for sinners of this, this, and that. That's where you have to spend eternity. There you go. Uh, and you're always the cabbage man. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like headcanon. Headcanon. So back into the book, Cora's like, hey, I got to borrow Oogie, and she's going to fly up to the airship, right? Yes. And yep. then, you're right, Asami does, like, destroy it on the spot, doesn't she? Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought yeah. She, I thought she just, she sabotaged it on the spot. Well, that's what I don't – okay, so you're right because what she does is she rips some wires out and right. it creates the gas to go inside the chamber. Right. Right? But, I mean, if she wasn't on the ship, how else would it sabotage? Because what she says is – like when she when she's talking to uh, Hume on the, on the ship, she's like, I didn't know we'd be on board. Like this is bad because this ship's going down. Yeah. Is what – Right, it's what I took. From it makes it. sense that you would assume that something bad would happen on the on the ship. But you know that what? You did sabotage it. You're totally right. What you said earlier, because like there's n- they didn't test it, so she could have just not built it correctly. Right. And they were like, now I will unleash my gas, and then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, like, I forgot to put oh, the gas tanks whoops. in. Dang it! Like, <laughs> we'll be back. Stay right here. We'll be right Hold back. On. We'll be right back with the gas. You wait. <laughs> you wait. Do not go anywhere. That's a total t- Takuga thing, too. That's how I see him. He'd be like, uh. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I will say, though, of all the villains, <laughs> oh. they still blow down the airship. <laughs> oh, even though it's like retreating out. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Take Just take it out. Oh, anyway, man. Because oh. good soldiers follow orders, man. They're gonna, they're gonna, he said, wait, they're going to wait. I do like the way I was gonna say. I do like the way Takuga looks. I think he's a pretty cool looking. I was villain. gonna say that he does in this one. He looks a lot better, and he's kind of a badass villain. Yeah, and this L- is really looking the mo- villain. Yeah, this is really the most we get to see of him too. What is he? I, like, obviously, he's got like this octopus arm, but somebody referred to him in in, in uh, the Creeping Crystals as half lizard, and it kind of looks half lizard. Well, he's like an eel because the, the the spirit yeah. is uh, like an eel dragon. Oh, dragon, or dragon okay. eel, dragon eel. Yeah. So I would imagine it's like a dragon scales with like eel arm that makes type sense. stuff. 
That makes sense. Yeah. And so they think lizard because that's the closest thing they've probably seen to it. Sure. I mean, his face is scaly like a lizard. Yeah. Well, it ends up what ends up happening, right? So we have Cora uh, uh, coming up on Ugi to try to save the Asami out of the ship, and then we also have Asami trying to sabotage the ship and bring it down uh, by having the gas go throughout the chamber instead of uh, out into the open world. Thankfully, there just happens to be two gas masks on board. <laughs> Only two? Yeah. <laughs> There's only so. one parachute. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really convenient that they just happen to be standing right next to him and there's only two of them. I was like, wow. He does, Takuga does look kind of cool, man. I yes. Guess. Cooler jet. Cooler jet. <laughs> 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 he is cooler. Well. No. No. I like jet better than okay. Takuga. I like, so, uh, Cora comes to save the day. There's a bunch of gas in this chamber and I like how she does the air orbs around their head. Yeah. She she puts it so they they can both breathe. I don't know. I thought that was cool. And you're totally right. She only airbends. Right. I was yeah, waiting the entire yeah. book. Like, is she gonna like do any kind of other bending? So I thought this was cool. Is that the, so the air bubble that she puts is the way that like uh, it looks like Zaheer killing the Earth Queen. Yeah, um, but it's but, reversed. But it's reversed. I was like, oh, that's cool. It can be used both ways. Right. Yeah. So and but that's what it looks like if you haven't read the book yet. That's visually what she's doing. She puts like a. Scuba tank kind of thing above the uh, around their heads. Right at this point, the gas is only inside the cabin of the airship, so it's not affect the the gas isn't affecting uh, Takuga because he's half spirit apparently. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't. I didn't we've never seen that before. Huh? I was like, you might as well. It makes sense, and they're a spirit. Why? Why would something physical like that affect affect them? Yeah, but he's only half spirit. Yeah. Yeah, so half of them should be dying. I, well, maybe in the way that his halfness looks, it looks like it's a little bit more than half. Because all, you know, maybe maybe his if his lungs were part of that half that got affected, <laughs> maybe maybe he's just one of the, the spirits that can do it, but not spirit everybody. Lungs. Spirit lungs, spirit lungs—that's <laughs> what he's got. So so while Korra and Asami have the air bubble around their head, uh, Takuga breaks open the the windows on the airship. To let all the gas out over the spirit portal where they're currently flying. Pretty pretty smart move. Right. Like, honestly. Pretty smart move. He's like, I'm guessing these people either way. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening, damn it. The, the resolution to that, or the solution to that is to uh, fly the airship into the spirit, spirit portal because uh, apparently the gas doesn't affect spirits. Because oh, right. They can tell. Pretty yeah, quick on the spot thinking. Right. Okay, so him and uh, Korra and Taguga fight, and, like, she doesn't go into the Avatar state. Like, She doesn't no, need to. Well, she doesn't need to, but it's like, how is this guy? Like, he gets, like, the, the upper hand on her, and I'm like, are you really? It, it, he chi-blocks her. Yeah, he chi-blocks yeah. her. Really? With his, uh, with his go-go gadget tentacle arm. Yeah. <laughs> I do like he gets his tentacle arm chopped off by Wang Yang-kyum as he's hanging on. He's He falls out of the airship. He's hanging on, and Wang Yang-kyum axes his hand yeah i did so, not see that coming pretty hardcore so this is a big moment and i don't i don't want to skip over it so while while takuga is fighting uh Korra, asami is driving the airship or flying the airship into the spirit portal and after he she blocks Korra, uh, asami kind of does a hard left on the on the uh airship and causes takuga to fall out and she says get your slimy scales off my girlfriend it is the first time that Asami has announced oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that Korra is her girlfriend. And uh, Asami's kind of, throughout the book, has kind of been like, 
reserved about like, it. Yeah, because Takuga uh, earlier in the book says something about uh, the Avatar being her girlfriend, and she's like, wait a minute, how did you know? Right, you right. Know? So she's still apprehensive about letting everybody know, and then right here she lets everybody know that that's, that's her girlfriend. So that's I think that's very – that's the resolution to the – The Korosami. The Korosami yeah. right there is that uh, uh, Asami accepted it. As, okay. well, as well. Yeah, I didn't think that that was the resolution because there's more a uh, little bit after this. Well, I mean, yeah. but no, but you're right though. This is the, this really is the resolution because right. now she's like finally accepting it right. as being okay in the open, and right. that is that's been the conflict all along. Right. So, oh, nice pickup, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't pick go. that up. I didn't, I didn't pick, pick that, that up. up. Big bringing that shit. Yeah, just off of one sentence too. Yeah. Very nice. Nice, nice. So next scene is back at the spirit portal, and it's. It's all the gas is dumping out, and I like the Airbenders are like, all right, we got to funnel this gas away. It, that that was really cool. Like, right, this was a cool. I yeah, like this this scene right here is is awesome. Yeah, you got like the uh, the gas like is being wrapped around the air, right? Like it like it like encircles it like a vortex and keeps it all contained in the middle. Right, everything's uh, pretty cool. So and <laughs> that's essentially the resolution to the triad turf war because at this point. Takuga has fallen out of the the airship. Uh, his tentacle arm was cut off by Kume, and then, or at least the tip of it. At least the tip of it, just the tip. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> just to see how it feels. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then uh, Jargala is off uh, reclaiming, reclaiming her, her territory, her turf. So, so that that conflict has has for all intent and purposes, being resolved. So the only thing we have left, really, is um, the presidency. Uh, well, no, we have the spirit versus man. Yeah. And yeah. then we have the presidency uh, conflict between yeah. Raiko and Julie. Well, so. and we also have the conflict of the spirit world having comp- uh, uh, issues with Korra keeping the portal open. That's what, yeah. Yeah. The, that's the spirit, spirit versus man. man. Oh, okay, yeah. So, and that comes to a resolution here in the spirit portal while they're there as well. Yeah. By the way, this scene, um, when the gas is leaking out, everyone's escaping the area. This little oh, girl this falls. Is dope, yeah. Julie runs in, runs in herself, rescues the little girl. Of course, Varric has that all on video. Yeah, because he's got the Docker movers there. I Rock actually, R- Riko goes away like a coward again. Right, right, and it's showing, and it shows. I think, I think they literally captured it. Riko driving away, right, and Julie running in to yeah. save the little girl. Who? I actually, I, there's a scene right here, Varric and Julie hugging, and he says, "You never cease to amaze me." This, that struck me as genuine. Dude, he is genuine, but he's still about himself, which is why he's making these these this, these movers. He's he's. Cashing in on on his woman becoming the president for sure. Well, the next panel he says, he's he's hugging Julie right, and then out of the corner of his eye he looks over and says, "Please tell me you got that rescue on film," talking to the cameraman like right away. Right, like he's he makes me man. Yeah, it makes me th- like I guess that's true, <laughs> oh, man. We're sitting here dogging on Wang Young Kim, <laughs> and Barrick is like, "Let me go ahead and make some money off of my wife's." Run for presidency. Anyway. There is a really cool scene between them, though, at the end of the book that I uh, am excited to talk about. For Bet- sure. Between uh, Varric and, and uh, oh. Julie. So then we that brings us into uh, the spirit portal where uh, Asami and Korra has crashed the ship. And now they are being uh, circled by the dragon eel and some other evil spirits. I am pretty sure this dragon eel spirit has a name because he's in the show, too. 
I just don't think we know it. Yeah, when they kept referring to him as the Dragon Eel Spirit, I think they say it twice in this book. I was like, man, why can't they just tell us the name? Because I now I'm gonna have to look it up, and then I didn't look it up. Nice. But a lot of these uh, these spirits look like uh, baddies from like the Zelda franchise. I've never played Zelda. Sorry. You should feel I'm, bad for yourself. <laughs> I feel bad for you for never having played. Zelda. I know. I know. Anyway, but what, so what's important about this though is that uh, first of all, not everybody died on the. On the in the crash, uh, so the uh, the big old blimp thing went to the spirit portal and they took it down. Nobody died. Uh, in fact, Cora said she's able to save the people. They got poisoned. She just needs to go find some spirit water. And she needs to get her bending back. Yeah, yeah, because she's still chi blocked. But like we said earlier, Takuga gets uh, gets the tip of his arm cut off or his uh, tentacle cut off and ends up falling somewhere into the spirit portal. I don't think he fell in the spirit portal. No, not in the, in the spirit world. Or excuse me, in the spirit world. He fell somewhere in the spirit world and there Was it in the spirit world? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. okay. Okay. And they're basically saying so the 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 resolution to this to the human and the spirit portal conflict comes here when Cora says, "Listen, we need to keep this open, but I think if we work together, we can find the balance that we need." And uh, the only way that the spirit agrees with this is that finally Wang Young Kyum uh, decides that he's going to – he's had a change of heart just all of a sudden, right? right? Well, right. I get it. I mean his life just got saved. He, yeah, he almost just died right now. Yeah, but he says, okay, I'm going to give up this land and quit trying to make it into a very prosperous business. And that, for whatever reason, really resonated with the spirit. <laughs> I didn't get that either. Really? <laughs> yeah, that like why did that resonate so well with the spirit? Like why was that? Why was that what you were waiting for? It's like he owns this land, so we have to close the spirit portal forever. It's like why don't you just try to work through that? He's like shit, fan. That's all you had to say. <laughs> exactly. It just seemed weird. Yeah, yeah. It seemed weird to me too. He went from evil spirit to docile little eel, dragon eel, in zero seconds flat. Mako. So Mako was sent to find Takuga, and he and he lost him. And then, I love this cheesy panel, but I doubt we've seen the last of him. And it's, <laughs> like, he really is this, like, cornball-y villain. Yeah. Like. Just hiding in a bush, just, <laughs> like, scowling. Yeah. <laughs> I. I, I hope we get more animated Korra. That'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, if we that get would like, be cool. Kind of like uh, uh, Clone Wars, how they did, like, season seven and basically season eight with Bad Batch. Right, that'd be dope if we get right. that. That would be really cool, actually. Yeah. I'd, well, and then right. we and then we see Takuga in animated form. That would be awesome. And they redeem his character. Not everybody nah, needs a redemption him. arc. No, no, no. Like, like they make his villain better. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I see what you were saying. Yeah. All right. Thanks, I Andy. like that. <laughs> so that's really the resolution on not only uh, the Wang Young Kum problem with the spirit portal, but also the spirits problem with the spirit portal. Right. And then also uh, Korra's. Uh, problem with the triads so really in that like right there at the end of the book we get all the resolutions to all of the things with, except the presidency we oh, still they still true. got the, so the next panel after that is is the uh the presidency um election night and you were talking earlier about reading things in the characters <laughs> voices dude i'm not doing it <laughs> But uh, Shiro Shinobi, the announcer guy from the pro bending, he's there and he's talking on the radio about it. And like you can just hear his voice going oh, off yeah. in your head when you're reading through this. Um, they show the mover, the docking mover with Julie uh, rescuing the child, all that good stuff. And, and President Raiko running with his tail between his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bolin, this seems funny. Bolin decides not to be a detective anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, 
he's like playing it up. He's like, I know you're heartbroken, Mako. Like, you know, do I'll give you both. time to think about, you know, process this. Yeah. Mako's yeah. like, I'm going to see you in two hours at home. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't care. You... <laughs> if, you, if you don't want to be in the police, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Um, we also get a heart. I'm sorry, Reagan. sorry. We also get a, a kind of a resolution between uh, Tarlock and Korra because they kind of left on Tonrock. Ton, Ton I, I said Tarlock, Tar- didn't Tarlock. I? I'm an idiot. Yeah. Tonrock and Korra um, because they kind of left on on bad terms because she came out to her father and he was not as supportive as she would have that she hoped. Well, I don't think it wasn't that he wasn't supportive. I think she took what his precautionary. You know, saying, hey, customs here are different. Right. She took that in a personal way. She took that as being unsupportive, but he was being supportive. Right. But he didn't want his daughter to get hurt. Right. And I actually really like this resolution, the way they give it to her, because he's like, she like she understands now that that's what he was trying to do. Right. Was just give her a warning. Like, right. I support you, but here's a warning. Right. And, and his response to that is... I understand those are customs, but I don't. I'm not going to let society tell me how I talk to my daughter. Right. And so it it's really was a nice way for them to just come to an agreement on things because it's not like he had he didn't go back on what he said. She didn't. She just came to learn what he meant all along. Right. And then his resolution on that side of the discussion is just saying I need to be more careful in the way I talk about these things to you when when we're talking about society because he society shouldn't dictate how he talks to her. Right. Right. Is that kind of what exactly trying to pretty get much at? what he says? Yeah. Yeah. It was a good. It was a good solution or a good resolution, I guess. Yeah. So next up, we have the announcement, and I think we could all predict who's going to win this election. But yeah, yeah it was Julie, as Shiro Shinobi said, sixty-eight percent of the votes won by a landslide. And I like how uh, Varick is out there, and he says, "Now go out there and do the thing." You know. Yeah, they're talking backstage before she goes out to do her speech. Uh, yeah, get out there and do the thing. Yeah, that's that's what's up. I yeah. love that. That that's like their thing. Right. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, their it's thing like their is little, to do the thing. Their little. Uh, it's almost like a joke now. Like he know he recognizes it's a joke now, right? right. Go out there and do the thing. Did either of you get the uh, like like Velma vibe from Julie? It's just the glasses. Mm. I think it's the glasses and the. Uh, I mean, I guess Velma wears orange. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the uh, kind of red. Yeah, it kind of is very. I get the Velma jinkies, vibes. man, jinkies. Yep, yep. Especially well in this book anyway. In the show, not so much. But in the way they're drawn in the book. So her first act of presidency is she gifts the the spirit portal and the lands around it to the air air nation, right? Right. right. So for them to keep it spiritually balanced or whatever, healthy, right? You know, because that's well, the airbenders. Yeah, because the airbenders have a more a, a, a bigger connection to the spirits than anybody else. Well, and I think more so, she also trusts Tenzin. Yeah, she says so. under Tenzin's leadership, things will be secure. Right. But this is the problem, though. And I don't even know if there's a good solution for it. I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, Tenzin's the guy in charge of the of the keeping the spirit portal safe right now. If you put one person in charge of that kind of thing, there's room for corruption. Because what, what happens after Tenzin's gone? The next person that takes over may not be as righteous as Tenzin. And what if he gets corrupted and now you got a bad guy again? We're, I mean, it we're, creates room for bad guys. We're assuming that there's going to be a – or you're – you're assuming that there's going to be a, a uh, uh, like an air villain, and I just I don't know if that other than Zahir, I don't know if the way that they live their life lends to uh, villainy. I don't yeah, know. but you don't have to if you have airbending, you don't have to join the air nation, especially following the harmonic convergence, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of lot of airbenders that that didn't come with them. Yeah. So where are these airbenders? I think that's going to be the next big villain. Maybe not the next one because. 
Zaheer just happened so far, like in the story wise, but it's got to happen at some point soon. I mean, if if what would have happened to uh, to Kaya if Tenzin hadn't found him? He was he was running on the streets. He was stealing money. Kaya, uh, he was Kai? Su- Kai, 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 Kai. I'm like Kaya. What are you talking about? <laughs> Kai, Kai. Yeah, sorry, but you know, if Tenzin didn't find him, who does he grow up to be? Right. You know. Well, even after they found him, he was still a dick. You know. So. He redeemed himself. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he comes he, around. No, he does, but it's like, it was like, God damn, dude, come on. You're being a real jerk to these guys. They're trying to help you out here. <laughs> Julie's giving her acceptance speech, and you see President Reichel brooding. <laughs> <laughs> what is the meme with uh, the office meme with uh, Jim, like looking through the, oh, yeah. the blinds? Oh. <laughs> That's exactly what it, what it feels like. He's just all mad that he lost. So here's the thing. for being a dick. I thought... That this isn't the last we see of Raiko, just in the same way this isn't the last we see of right. Takuga. Yeah. I think Raiko's going to have some kind of like try to come back and beat somebody's ass story out of jealousy or whatever. Try to take back the presidency? Something. Something. He's going to turn bad is what I got. I, mean, I really hope. I hope this is the last we see of him. Yeah, I'm so over Raiko. You know what he's going to do? He's going to rob a police cache of weaponry (laughs) (laughs) and try to take over the city no 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 see that's already been done he's going to release the dark avatar spirit and and then become one with it and take over the the world now because that hasn't been done yet yeah so that's gonna be a new villain but either way like i said if you're putting one person in front of in charge of something as important as a spirit portal it leaves room to create bad guys whether or not it's an avatar uh, an airbender or not i think just that idea is kind of half-assed. It's like they're setting up for for another bad guy, and it's pretty easy to see. I think it's more. It makes more sense for someone to be pissed off that the air nomads are in control of of the spirit portal and not allowing certain people in or out. Like I think that makes more sense for to to create a villain. But that's true. You know. That would make more sense. Or like something happened There's, at the spirit portal, and he blames them for it. Sure. Or yeah. to Kuga comes out of the spirit portal starts re- wreaking havoc again and they blame the air nation for letting that happen suddenly he's an airbender <laughs> <laughs> anything's possible they Anything. got 20 years worth of stuff to write out apparently, apparently. julie quotes uh avatar ang in her in her speech i did notice that i thought it was a cool touch yeah it was a cool touch and then at the end it ends with uh korosami what did they what, what did avatar ang say you want me to read it yeah okay Good. You have to do it in Aang's voice. So. Yes. Kid, like Kid tw- 12 year old Aang. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the true mind. <laughs> it says the true mind can weather all, all the lies and illusions without being lost. The true heart can tough the poison of hatred without being harmed. Though darkness thrives in the void, it always yields to purifying light. I think that the way that it was written in the panels is that. Uh, Korra and Asami are are getting together after, while she's making this speech, you know, going on a balcony, and I I feel like it's it's speaking to um, Korasami as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the as these quotes are being displayed on the panels, um, we see that Korra is taking Asami away from the party. Uh, from the from I think the... I think it's the opposite. I think Asami is taking Korra away from the party. Yeah, I think so too. No, what did I say? Did I say Asami taking Korra? Yeah. Oh, oh no. Right. Yeah. It, Excuse me. Yeah. It's, isn't it's, it Asami t- taking Korra? Isn't it? No. 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 It's Korra taking Asami. She says, "There's something I've been wanting to tell you." Oh, that's right. It is Korra that says, "Follow me." You're right. Yeah. And uh, this is where we get the 
what I thought was the final resolution of the Korosami love novel is uh, where Korra says, I love you to Asami, and Asami right. says it back. But I still go back and agree with Ian's point, though, that it really was it really came to a conclusion on the airship when she accepted the that, that was that, like the change. out loud. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the point where she accepted it and wasn't afraid to tell right. anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So turf wars overall, and I think we mentioned this in the beginning, is it it really dives into the Korosami stuff and like it's like kind of like a love letter to Korosami, you know, in a, in a way. It it is. Yeah. I, it's it's what what Brickel said in the very be- in the um what you call the forward of the, the book. forward, yeah. which I know how to spell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's exactly. Well, that's literally what I was thinking about it after I finished it. I was like, okay, this isn't um, an action book or a turf war book in the way that I thought it would be. It's a, it's a, it's like a love letter. Right. It's like a, a love story. Right. It's not this crazy badass defeat evil story. And I guess that's why, if we really think about it, why the villains seem so underwhelming because it's not about the villains. It's about Korosami. Right. Mm, that's a good point. But it's also about the villain. It is. Because we don't get the Korosami thing until literally the last right. page. Right. So they have to fill in some other stuff. Yeah. But no, what's your Austin, what is your, your overall thought on, on this story? Well, okay, so we gave book one what was it, a seven? A seven, yeah. We're at a, we're sitting at a, a six and a half, is what we said overall. Yeah, the uh-huh. and book I gave book two a six. I'm giving this one a seven too. Book one was a seven. Seven book, as well or a seven two? <laughs> so we have book one is seven, book two is six, and then you're saying this one will be yeah. seven is also? Yeah. So it comes out to like 6.75 overall. I'd give it a little bit better than a you 6. Think, I don't think so. I, I would like to bring the average up to seven. I give it a – do I give it a seven? Yeah, though? exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you the, can't just bring up the numbers because you want to. You would need a, you need to uh, give it an eight. It's definitely not an eight. It's not it's an eight. Not an eight. It's definitely not an eight on book three. So yeah, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a seven, just because this one was was way more action packed than book two and had all the resolutions. Obviously, being the last book, so right. six point seven five overall. I can agree with all that. You agree That's, with that? Yeah, that average is six point six repeating. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, I think that matches. <laughs> I like how, yeah, that's exactly what it, repeating, obviously. <laughs> I like how on the cover of part three, it shows Korra bending all four elements and, and she only she bends there. She doesn't do anything of the nature. So what, overall, what do you, how do you guys feel about it? Did, did you like it? Did I gave it a 6.7. Yeah, yeah, but did, yeah, did I see you what like it? You wanted specifics, not yeah. just a score. What, I thought it was okay. What did you, what did you, know? you what's your favorite part about it? Your favorite part, Ricky. Yeah, hold on. You're oh. putting me on the spot. <laughs> okay, I'll come back to you later. Yeah, what's your favorite part? My favorite part is uh, – what's your favorite part? God dang it, man. Really? <laughs> God. You know what? Uh, okay, hold on. My my favorite part, I fucking love this Julie stuff. I fucking love it, man. I was man. about to say that. Like, okay. I, I think, I, I think she, she was treated like shit pretty much the entirety of Legend of Korra by Varric, and, and, and she gets hers. She really does. And and I I love the fact that that Varric is even though he's in it for himself he's he's doing he's making some shit for himself he's he's supporting his woman he is he's he's lovingly supporting his woman and she's yeah. doing a kickass and job and she's fucking yeah. killing yeah. no matter what yeah. I agree with that I really yeah. enjoyed the Julie stuff I I like Jargala I thought she was cool 
Yeah. Yes. And the the creeping crystals, the the crystals they shoot, I think it's cool. We can't figure out how she pulls it out of the ground, but you know, <laughs> it has plot its hole. it has its plot holes. But uh, I whatever. mean, like you said, she was carrying that one with her the whole time. Maybe maybe that's how it works. I don't know. We get hopefully we'll see more of it though. But I I think you're right. I think I like Targala for sure. Right again, Jar Jargala. Jargala. For up until this book, actually, she was probably my favorite part of the whole, the whole uh, series. So what was your so, favorite part? But I I agree with Ian though. I think getting like Julie getting her day. Yeah. Right. And it was actually kind of a big part of the entire overall plot. It it changes a lot going forward. I can't wait. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see Julie's Republic City. You yes. know. Yeah. Do we not see it in? Um, was it Ruins of the Empire? Mm, it's been a while. Uh, well. It's been a no, while. No spoilies. No spoilies. Okay. We'll talk about that. that that'll, that'll be one that we've got coming up soon, too. We might jump right into that. But I think we're going to be jumping right into uh, Suki alone. Well, yes, right. But I think the next series we do might do uh, might be more Korra. Yep. I don't know. We'll see, what, we'll see what we think. What did you not like about it, Ian? And not, okay, we'll limit this to like, <laughs> what two things did you not like? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. The Takuga was underwhelming. I, I didn't really understand. Uh, like I said before, she, she took out, Cora took out four badass villains. And to, and to think that one of the triple threats is, can rival Amon or even Zaheer or even Kuvira for that matter is, I think, silly. So, yeah. I th- we yeah, I think we all agree with that for sure. Yeah. I mean that's Ricky, that's kind of been your main complaint the yeah, whole time too. Yeah, the biggest is it's just an underwhelming threat. I, I don't I under I so I, I can I can understand Asami's hesitancy to come out to everybody because uh, you know, it might negatively negatively affect her business. I understand Mako and, and, and him being kind of uneasy with his his two exes dating each other because it's like, what did I do wrong? Like, I, I understand. I understand that. It makes sense for their characters. Uh, it just, I don't really get, uh, I don't get um, Takuga. Really yeah, the, the the political conflict and, and the spirit world, the spirit portal conflict were like more interesting to me than the villain of the story. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which goes to show that it, I think overall the story is pretty well done. It's just like lacking in some character elements that made him a little bit sh- stronger, right. I guess. That being said, I do really like Takuga as a as a, like visually in the way he's drawn. And I like his hook swords and I like the way he moves and I like that he can chi block with his tentacle arm. You know, before, that he professionally, before it got chipped off. professionally yeah. knows how to use immediately. That was a complaint in book one. It was like right away he's a master at right. this new appendage he has. <laughs> but I think I think him as a concept, as a villain, is pretty cool. A half-human, half-spirit villain that got that way because of a spirit passed through him. Right. Yeah, that, that is. That is. That being said, we didn't really get much out of him, though. I would like to see that kind of villain, like that idea done on screen. Because if they... If they ripped off uh, this book, they took that idea and put it on screen, no one's going to know about this book. You know what I mean? Right. You know, that'll be the main. So I would like to see this concept done again. And put put out to the masses, basically? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind uh, that that half-spirit, half-man villain being a thing. Right. And maybe this was like the test run for that. Could be. You know? I'm sorry. I have to get on a different subject here. 
Go for it. Let's I'm, do it. I'm looking through the end of the book here, which uh, this is. It's not a library edition, but it's like a what the deluxe edition. Yeah, it's yeah of hardcover. the book. Yeah, the hardcover, which has some creator notes in the back of it and little sketch drawings on their stuff. They're actually. We were talking about jujitsu at the beginning <laughs> oh of the match God. or at yeah. the beginning of the show. They're doing. They're in geese wearing belts. They're, this is. They're doing judo, but judo is very close to jujitsu. Right. It's like holy crap. That's pretty awesome. It's all like, coming together. Yeah, like as somebody who participates <laughs> in these sports, we happen to talk about it at the beginning of the episode. This yeah. is kind of a crazy coincidence. She's also it, doing yoga. Which it was, and uh, in the scene, just to let you know, it's uh, Cora. Looks like Cora's just hip tossing the shit out of Mako, or excuse me, out Bowling. of Bolin. Yeah, Bowling. <laughs> <laughs> they're just practicing on each other. Is that just art that they made? Like, yeah, it's little sketches from. Yeah. From influences, like they're doing like sketches for the cover. They got sketches on how they drew. Like this is a process from uh, a Vivian. Like painting a cell? Yeah, like how to paint. Yeah, how to how to paint that stuff. And it's actually really, really That's cool. That's cool as hell. Getting the deluxe editions avatar is always worth it. We always say it every it. time. Always worth it. We say it every time. But, I mean, I think really we've hit on everything we liked, we didn't like. We've hit on all of the uh, resolutions to the main four conflicts. Is there anything else we wanted to add? That I think that wraps up our three-part series on turf wars. I, I kind of like doing this in parts. I really do. It, yeah, it, I, it worked. It worked. I didn't. I didn't. We weren't so sure about it if we could stretch a one of because they're fairly small com, comics. They only take what twenty minutes to get through. I mean, they're they're an episode. They're a TV yeah, episode. Yeah, exactly. So, so we weren't sure if we could stretch it, but I think we made it work. Yeah, I think it's good. So it made the story more interesting because each week we got to talk about what we thought was going to happen and sure. what, what didn't happen that we thought was and this and that. So be on the lookout for that as we go into more. Yeah, I like that we can make like coming up predictions, you know, yeah. for the next for the next book. Well, next time, you, well, dang, you've already read the other ones too. It's though. been a while. I, I kind of forget what happened, kind of. <laughs> it's going to be stuck in my <laughs> head. Ian's going to be listening to Stained on the way home. Yeah. All but day, every day. I think that will that will close out the show on that. All right, no problem. Remember, make sure you tune in to the live stream on August 14th. Follow the Cabbage Cart Podcast on Instagram. Remember to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow Triforce AZ on Instagram. With that being <laughs> said, y'all ready to get out of here? Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep.